Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with Bridget Harris. Bridget Harris is the current head of photography for Airbnb Creative. Previous to Airbnb, Bridget has worked at Time Magazine as a senior photo producer and also as a senior producer for photographer Norman Jean Roy. In this interview, I speak to Bridget about how she got into photography, her experience interning at the Boston Globe newspaper while in college. I also speak to Bridget about some of her most memorable projects she's worked on over the course of her career. Bridget is someone who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the photo industry, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, Bridget Harris, welcome to the podcast. Long time coming. Excited to talk to you. Uh, (laughs) How's it going? It's going well. Yeah. Happy Sunday. Thank you again for rescheduling 7,000 times so that we could do this. I'm excited. I'm just glad to hear that people are busy uh, uh, producing shoots and making stuff again. So no problem Mm -hmm. with that, you know, because I know for a few months there, a lot of people weren't doing anything, but it seems like people are starting to work again and kind of getting it going, you know? Yeah, totally. I'm with you. And it's nice when I'm working and people have to turn me down. This is the same thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I guess to start off, I was just kind of curious, like uh, where you grew up and like, how do you kind of initially get into photography, I guess? Oh, man. Um, well, I grew up in Southern California, uh, Newbury Park. It's a small town, a little bit north of LA. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I think, you know, my first kind of memories with photography were um, like walking around the house with my grandfather's Minolta, like taking pictures without film, you know? And oh, yeah, this kind of my, Totally. Yeah. My dad was always like, you know, the one with the camcorder and he was like showing us recording from an early age and using the Polaroid was super fun, like the instant gratification as a kid. So, um, I don't know. That was really when I first started. And then um, he was really great about keeping some of those relics. And I just loved the feeling of walking around the backyard, snapping pictures and, you know, kind of advancing the film and just kind of the motion of it. And I think that was when it kind of first stuck with me that it was kind of fun to take pictures. Um, But it wasn't really until uh, college I guess when I kind of picked it back up again I um you know I went to school and studied art and just ended up taking a photography class and that was really when I kind of got the more serious bug oh that's cool so you were like doing other stuff like painting and other kind of art forms I guess but during that time yeah when I was in high school I I kind of tried to do some serious watercolor painting um And uh, when I went to school, um, I thought, well, you know, I might as well continue to try. So I majored in studio art and um, I took photography 101 just as part of the the art major. And my professor, Judith Black, who is a photographer who I so respect, just really like helped me to understand photography in a much more serious way and as a, you know, means of telling stories in a new way and um was just super inspired by that class yeah and when you're majoring in like studio arts like I've always been kind of curious because I just I went to school for photography and that's pretty much all we did except like they had one requirement we had to take like a drawing class and I was fucking terrible I was like so bad I think (laughs) I I was so bad I think the teacher thought I wasn't trying but I was uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh in studio arts like what was the program set up like would you guys mess around with like sculpture or you kind of just straight to your watercolors or like what was that program like you could kind of mix and match I mean I went to a liberal arts college I went to Wellesley on the east coast and um you know I think that I kind of uh everyone was kind of like well that's a really great school um you know, what are you going to major in art? Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know, I guess I kind of was too naive to think that like my major really mattered. So I went for it. And, um, and I think that, uh, you know, I just kind of decided I want to take lots of art classes and the way to do that is major in it. And I think, 
I mean, God, it feels like so long ago now. I I took drawing, painting, printmaking. Nice. Um, I think we could take sculpture, but I, I never did. Um, and, and then I took photography and I pretty much just took as many photography classes as I could as part of that major and and then even did like independent study photography it just really that was the bulk of what I ended up taking towards that major Mm -hmm. and did you like ever have like dreams of being like a photographer yourself like kind of shooting or did you kind of always know you wanted to work in like production and editing and things like that or uh well at the time I didn't to be honest it just never occurred to me that I could make a career out of it yeah I I don't I grew up in sort of a very um education focused household which I'm super grateful for and so I think I think I kind of always thought of it as like I'll do this now but when I go out into the world I'll have quote unquote a real job (laughs) you know and I I never really thought about what that was to be honest I just was kind of living in the moment in college and and doing lots of studying and and taking pictures and I played basketball so it was like just such a busy time and then um it wasn't until I started working my senior year um at the Boston Globe when I really was like wow you can you can work in this field and be a photographer but also there's lots of other things you can be working with photographers and that was just super interesting to me to get exposed to to that world yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I never worked for, for a newspaper. Well, actually, that's not true. I have shot for the Boston Globe, like, Sunday magazine that comes in the Sunday edition a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But how, how did you kind of, how did that opportunity come about? And, like, what were you doing, like, working as an intern at the newspaper? Because it seems like an interesting, like, environment. Yeah, I think um, I saw um, an ad for it, like, uh, an internship at the Boston Globe. And I in the photo department. And so I applied for it and I, yeah, I think it was probably the only job in my life that I applied for and was just called in for an interview because I applied, you know, so hard to actually land the job that way. But yeah, I went in and I interviewed and I just, I remember having the best interview with one of the editors there, Jim Wilson, and he, we laughed and I think we just kind of got along and he understood like what my goals were. And uh, I think he kind of enjoyed that I played basketball and, you know, uh, he gave me a chance. And then uh, next thing I knew I was, uh, you know, when most of my friends were kind of in their senior year taking as few classes as they (laughs) could, you know, I was like taking classes, playing a sport. I was, you know, I had to buy my first car to commute to this newspaper in South Boston. And it was just probably the most fun time of my life. Like, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I was there every day, basically managing like, um, you know, all the images that you, that they publish, that they archive, like that aren't actually shot by the staff photographers. I was responsible for making sure they were saved and had the right caption, the right credit. And then I would often um, assist the editors with like whatever they needed or assist the photo director with whatever she needed. And, um, I would have the chance sometimes to go out on shoots or on assignments with the photographers, which was just, you know, incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I learned so much from that motley crew of like very seasoned like journalists it was the best because at that point like how many staff photographers did the boston globe have when you were there like uh that's a hard business nowadays like there's not a lot totally it's uh kind of sad that there's not as many like staff positions like that but like how back then like how many were there to be honest i don't i guess i couldn't say how many were staff but i i must have worked with 30 photographers, you know, day in and day out, they come in carrying three, four, five cameras over their shoulders and, you know, file their images and, you know, sit and do their captions. It was actually the first year that that newspaper started using um, digital cameras because that was just right when digital SLR was really becoming so mainstream. And I remember the darkroom was still back there, just not getting used. And, um, and it was, such a cool time to to be there like there were women like men 
young, old, just such a variety of people, like real true newspaper people who'd been in newspapers for their entire lives. And then, you know, me who just kind of had never had any exposure to that world. Uh, it was so cool. Yeah, and it was an in Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, because prior to that, did you have like an interest in photojournalism or like, because you're going to Wellesley College and you're kind of doing everything there, like, was photojournalism even on your mind or like, what, what do you remember about the type of photography you even liked back then? Yeah, I mean, I think back then I was really like kind of rolling with what I was learning in school and, um, and kind of the history of photography and experimenting with my own pictures, but journalism really was not um, on my radar. And I really just fell in love with it. I mean, that year that I was there, it was a six month internship and it was the year that the Democratic National Convention was in Boston with John Kerry. It yep. was the year that the Sox won the first World Series in- oh, wow like the 84 year, 84 years? No, I think it was like, was it like over a hundred or no, not a hundred. It was like, yeah, something like that. I forget how many years it was. It was like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. And so um, it was just kind of a really cool six months to be doing this. Cause there were some really interesting things happening in Boston. And I, uh, both of those occasions, actually, I was sort of assigned to help on on site with the coverage by running from photographer to photographer, like at the Democratic National Convention, all around this arena, grabbing their memory cards, bringing them to an editor who would download the cards. And then I would go back in with these empty memory cards and bring them back to the photographers because they couldn't lose their spots, you know, yeah. where they were assigned. And, and then, you know, the very next day, seeing those images in this newspaper in print was just experiencing that really opened my world to kind of what you could do with photography and the way that you could communicate um, and really like what it took to make impactful images that people would gravitate towards to want to read the stories and how copy and and pictures really need to work together you know and also like one thing that's very interesting about the news business is it moves so fast like yeah you guys i would imagine maybe i'm wrong you guys could be planning something that you're working on but then like something happens in the world and then it's like oh we have to like at the time of the hat like oh we got to switch things up find new images whatever the story might be because it's like you never know when the next big thing's going to happen so it must have been like a pretty fast-paced environment i guess totally i think that that's what really like i just totally got off on in that circumstance was I just hadn't experienced anything like that. I was, you know, 20 years old and in this, just this newsroom of tons of people all working together. Like they all had the, their little TVs on their desks, seeing what was happening. Like a daily newspaper is really, to me, just like this incredible example of so many people having to work together to put something out every day. And uh, it was so incredible to be in that environment. Is it like a competitive environment amongst like writers and photographers and like the editors and things like that? Or is it more of kind of like a, like a team kind of vibe or like, what do you kind of remember about this, like the overall energy, I guess? I really couldn't say that uh, I remember if there was that kind of competition. Um, I, I really remember working in the photography department and just remembering it feeling like a family of people who really understood each other's world and what it takes to go out and do their job every day. So I think that there was like really an inherent respect across everyone on the team. And I remember just looking up to all of those people so much and also really respecting how seriously they took my internship and like the opportunity to teach me something and really invite me into conversations or challenge me in certain ways or bring me along with them to their assignments yeah. as kind of, you know, someone who could potentially be, uh, you know, kind of slowing them down as a new person. And I really felt like um, I still have this card that they wrote me. And that was so long ago, but it was like, I left that job and they'd all written me a card and like given me cash. And like, oh, it, wow, was that's awesome. so, <laughs> it was so sweet. Like, I really felt like cutting my teeth with these 
just amazing, as I said, like motley crew of journalists and really like diehard newsies was really the best introduction I could have had, I think, to, um, to you know, my, my working life, my adult life, because it really did put me down a path of like, I want to do more of this. And yeah. uh, then one thing just kind of led to another, you know? And do you feel like like going to school for art and like studying photography has been like, was it a useful experience for you, like for what you do now? Because I'd imagine like being like a, if you're like a photo producer, director, editor, like having that history of like the medium is like a very important thing, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. I think it really did um, expose me to so many types of images. And I still, I do still draw upon that. Um, at work and when I'm doing like mood boards or doing research looking for ideas I do absolutely draw on the history of photography and I also think about some of my classmates who were honestly like so ahead of their time and some of the projects they were doing I just remember like I had just started wrapping my head around the idea of making images and maybe like having some kind of job in photography which again like it just seems so crazy it's like just, I didn't know growing up that you could even have a career in this path I don't know if you did no but I'm still trying so, to, I'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I know I'm like how long is this gonna last when am I I'm still looking out for that real job I have to get someday you know but um but yeah no I definitely think that um I I think that studying it is is definitely what put me on this path, but I don't know that I think it's crucial to start the path. Like so many, so many people end up in this world in different ways from different journeys, you know? Yeah, 100%. That was I think, just mine. Yeah, you just gotta love it. Like uh, there's so many photographers I work for, they never went to school for it or nothing. Like they worked like random jobs prior to that, but they just had a love for photography and it's like, you can figure it out, I guess. And it's just mm -hmm. like, keep chopping away at it. Uh, so once you got out of college, like what do you think you were going to do at that point? What was kind of your next step? Like, I guess, in terms of like your work life, I guess. I really, um, I really didn't know. I, I, I think that I just was kind of like, I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll move back home to California. But about a week before I, about a week before I was going to leave, I decided that I would stay in Massachusetts and live with a, like a girl from the dorm and we got an apartment and we'd figure it out. And um, one of the Globe photographers actually recommended me for a job that I ended up working for, I think probably about a year also in Massachusetts, working with a photographer and kind of learning how to run a studio and learning different workflows. Um, and then eventually from there was when I just, randomly ended up getting this uh, opportunity to move to New York and work in production, um, which is kind of how I ended up on, you know, on that path, like staying on the East Coast and really just kind of experiencing all different parts of the photography industry in New York. Was like New York, like, cause a lot of people feel like there's like a pressure to move to New York cause so much of the photo industry is there. Like, did you kind of feel that pressure, like in terms of like your career or anything like that? Or is it just kind of something that's kind of popped up for you? It sounds like. Yeah, it totally was by chance. I, um, I, a friend of mine from high school was a nanny. This is like total classic, like how you get into the, into the biz. <laughs> A friend of mine from high school was a nanny for a photographer in New York. And she was like, oh, I know you're into photography. Why don't you give me your resume? Because I'm in this like nanny circle with all of these nannies of photographers. And I was like, okay. So I sent her my resume and I um, maybe a month later got an email out of the blue from a producer in New York. Her name's Cara Glenn. Yep. And she actually grew up in the town of Wellesley, Massachusetts. And so she was like, oh, I saw that you went to Wellesley. I'm from there. Um, you know, I'm looking for a production assistant. Would you ever be interested in like talking about that job? And I was just sort of like, what? <laughs> you know, what is this? <laughs> is this spam? Like, that's yeah, yeah. so random. <laughs> and so I asked her kind of who she was and how she got my info. And it was like through this like chain of nannies, essentially, which is so funny to me still to this day. 
And my brother was living in New York at the time. So I called him up and said, hey, do you mind if I come visit you this weekend? Because there's a woman who reached out about a job and I met her and I just found her to be the nicest person and felt so good about sort of how honest she seemed. And to be honest, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I really had never heard about production or what that meant. And even some of the things I recall talking about in that interview, I was like nodding my head, but kind of like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard so many of these terms. That's, but that's, I think, like, that's like the name of the game of production or any like creative thing. It's like, yep, yep, I can do that. Yep, I, can I can do, do that, that. And sure. Once, and then once the phone's, when you hang up, it's like, <laughs> all right, fuck. Now I really got to figure this out. <laughs> totally. And Totally. Exactly. And I was just kind of like, whatever it is, I know I can do it. She seems really nice. She seems honest. I'm super down to move to New York. I never thought I would ever move to New York. Like, again, like just all of these things, I guess I just never had the kind of, um, I don't know, that far of an imagination to think like the things I saw in movies or on TV were things that could be in my life, like living in New York City. It just seems so like far away and glamorous as someone growing up in California. Um, but I moved there and my brother and my sister-in-law let me stay with them for a while till I found a place. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks later, like after that interview, I was living there. I was the production assistant on, you know, just any kind of advertising, advertorial catalog, just all this stuff and learning like just from the bottom up. I mean, I was lowest of the low, like yeah. getting coffee for everybody, organizing, catering. And I just felt like, what is this world? I was so stoked to be there and learning what stylists do and makeup artists and, you know, totally nerding out on the logistics of like, okay, we have a shoot in upstate New York. How do we get everyone there? What's the schedule? Just, I think that I was exposed to this side of photography that really connected with my kind of, I don't know, logistics side of my brain and just the kind of well, it uh, sounds, it sounds the like fun of putting it all together. And it sounds like you're like good at like juggling a lot of stuff, just even in terms of talking about your college, like you were interning, going to college, <laughs> was on a sports team and like doing all <laughs> these things. And like I would imagine with production, like you're juggling a lot of different things at, at any given time, pretty much. It's true. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And I was so green. I think I just was too naive to really understand like maybe how it all fit together or that maybe people would you know I don't know want to go down this path I just it never occurred to me truly that like this was like a long-term thing I was yep. just in it then having the best time and working my ass off and whatever she needed I would do and I just learned so much and I think that's something that really throughout all of my um my different jobs and as I've been on this path, the the times when I really felt like I was learning the most are the times when I've just been super happy. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, that was definitely a few years of being like so broke, like cutting my own hair, like didn't have health insurance, yeah. but was just so happy and didn't like really know any better to not be, you know? Yeah. It's just exciting. I remember like when I first got out of college, I was like an assistant for this guy and we got to go, like we traveled to Tennessee and I was like, what? We get to like travel and we get to get paid <laughs> yeah, and there's totally. like, and there's like a free lunch. Like what the hell, man, this is, awesome. I know <laughs> a thousand percent. Exactly. That, that it all just seemed like so glamorous, even though I was the absolute least glamorous person <laughs> on yeah, yeah. any of those shoots, you know? Cause like Kara Glynn, like, so basically she was like a producer that like produced for like different photographers or like what was kind of her company, like all about. She is an art buyer and a producer and um, had just been working in the photography industry for a very long time. She assisted Richard Avedon. She worked for Annie Leibovitz and then Damn. she had her own production company. Yeah. And I, you know, we were working with photographers like, you know, Peter Lindbergh, Ryan McGinley. It just was like these names that, again, I didn't really know. Mm -hmm. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, damn, <laughs> wow, Rest in yeah, peace. Man, I know, I know, exactly, and now I'm just like, oh, 
wow, if I had known then what I know now, I actually think I would have been a lot more timid and a lot more intimidated and shy Mm -hmm. to kind of just, I don't know, bring my full self to some of those scenarios. I think because I didn't go into it really understanding like the name Peter Lindbergh, I was able to just kind of be Yep. And I, I really think that that helped me just kind of stay focused on doing a good job and not really think to be too scared or are honestly even too, um, like too impressed by anybody as well, which I think can also um, kind of get you into trouble sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's got to be yourself. It's like, totally. Uh, yeah. For me, yeah, it's like, uh, I remember when I was like, insistent early on like I didn't have the confidence I was like so worried like I was gonna do the wrong thing that like sometimes it wouldn't like step in to like exactly and it was just like one of those things that took time it's like oh no you gotta like step in do your job but I guess it's kind of building blocks I guess absolutely what uh what did you guys work on Peter Lindbergh do you remember the shoot you worked on with him because that seems like pretty (laughs) cool I think I mean it was advertising it was definitely not you know uh anything kind of super artful or you know I actually don't remember it's all right I want to I want to say it was I don't know it's all right it's a lot probably of probably like intimate it was many shoots and many years ago <laughs> yeah I know I know um so I, like once you kind of like got your feet wet in New York and you're producing and stuff like did you kind of start figuring out like what type of shoots you like wanted to produce? Like, was there like any kind of goal? Cause like looking at your work, it's very interesting. Cause you worked on so many different things, like from like Vanity Fair stuff with different photographers to like time magazine and then the stuff you're doing now with Airbnb. So it's kind of like all over the map, which is interesting, but mm-hmm. was there like a goal like early on or, or you just kind of taking it how it came pretty much? Um, I think the goal was to pay my rent, yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, again, like I, I still, even now, I, I just don't think my goal, and I hope that this doesn't sound any certain way, like I'm super grateful for this journey that I've been on. I think at the time, I just, it never occurred to me that my goal could be to be like a freelance producer or an art director or head of photography anywhere it just it really felt like I was only able to think maybe one one step ahead you know and once I felt like I had learned a lot from that role and started to understand more about the industry and see kind of where I could go with it it really was like okay what's the next step but I was never I don't think I ever felt confident enough to look five, 10 steps ahead and have the big goal in this industry because it just seemed like it was something for people of a certain, uh, of a certain background or a certain nature or, you know, so I, I left that role and I started working at an agency, uh, which is no longer in business, like many, many photo agencies. Um, it was called AFG management. Yep. And, um, and then eventually moved on to work at another agency, also no longer around Jed Root. And yep. my, my role at those agencies was production. And so it wasn't so much that I was choosing. And, and you know, a lot of people who work in this industry, obviously, will understand this. It's not that I was really choosing what I was producing, I was more just producing whatever the photographers I worked with were getting in terms of work. Mm -hmm. or the types of projects they wanted to do. So I really do, um, as challenging as it was at times, juggling, you know, the responsibility of, uh, you know, many of those photographers all working simultaneously and there only being one of me or two of me, depending on kind of what agency it was. I just learned about every different kind of project from news editorial to fashion editorial to the big advertising jobs and kind of how agents operate and how they land those big jobs or try to and then also kind of how much relationships go into getting this type of work and and also just you know it allowed me to work with just so many different types of creative people from fashion photographers to still life photographers to sort of bigger commercial photographers people who photograph kids people who photographed whatever you know and so I think that, um, again, it just felt like another, uh, another opportunity, uh, to sort of bring what I, you know, 
what I felt like was kind of my strength at the time was just like work ethic organization mm -hmm. and just like hard work my way through it. But maybe not even realizing until later. And even now, sometimes what I was absorbing from all of the creative people around me and just the different types of photography a person can can make and do and make a career out of and yeah. where people see that photography in the world from magazines to billboards. I just, you know, I learned all about usage and those roles and kind of, you know, how to put a value on someone's pictures in a way. And just so interesting. Yeah. That was like one thing I was kind of curious about. Cause you know how, like, especially when photographers are working commercially or even editorially, like, there's like a niche like there's guys that only shoot still life or there's guys that shoot studio portraits or this guy does mm -hmm. a lot of black and white stuff is there like do you feel like there's producers that like carve out their niche like like this is the type of production I do and style photography or, or is there like two different like kind of ways if that makes sense like because like I guess it's like uh like I was saying like certain photographers only do this type of stuff maybe I don't know do producers look at it that way or is it more just kind of a broader thing I guess I can't say I I guess I could only speak for myself and that I don't look at it that way I mm -hmm. think in order to be in order to be a good producer you have to be well-rounded I don't think that you know it makes you really really good at producing if you can only produce one thing you know yeah. and I think that's honestly where um even now in my role at Airbnb I feel like this kind of, as you said, crazy kind of variety in my background of different types of roles and different types of projects. It's really taught me how to kind of uh, drastically overproduce a project. So like what is the biggest, most blown up, like over detailed way I could possibly bring the shoot together down to like where the trash is gonna be taken out at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then also these very bare bones, no budget skeleton crew, like we still have to make something, but we have almost no resources. And that, you know, there's a whole range in between of how you can approach a project. And I think that having that breadth really helps me to know when I can utilize what tools and when I can kind of get away with less or when really the wise thing is to have a little more here and um, so I think in order to be a good producer, you can't limit yourself on the types of projects you can take on because really um, all of the tools in your toolbox from all of that variety, you are going to call upon probably on every project you do, you know, yeah. so it pays to really have breadth, I think. No, no definitely. That makes sense. And uh, I know you ended up going to work for uh, Norman Jean Roy, like legendary photographer. Uh, yeah. How'd that kind of come about? And like, how is that experience kind of working for, I guess, a photographer directly at their studio? Um, I think that, well, so how that came about actually was um, Cara later on, you know, she was, she has always been an, an amazing mentor to me and teacher and friend. And she actually let me know he was looking for someone to, you know, produce full time for him. And so she introduced us and that's kind of how it led to that job, um, meeting him and then, you know, uh, joining his team at, at his studio and what it was like working for him and working, working for an, an, a photographer in-house. It, it's, I think that that experience probably doesn't necessarily summarize everyone's experience working in-house for a photographer. I mean, Norman was working constantly, you know, and so I look at that year as just this crazy, intense, every week working for, you know, Vogue, Vanity Fair, like constant celebrity shoots all the time. Um, he was either traveling constantly or we would have two or three shoots a week in his studio and it feels like so many years ago now, actually, which I guess it is. But when I look back on that year, it was just, um, it was crazy. I mean, it was great working for someone full time and really understanding their workflow and what was important to them, what crew really they needed and, and their equipment and just everything that that person really needs to be successful because um, I think I knew that 
from a through a production lens, but mm -hmm. from actually working with the photographer and knowing and seeing every day what a photographer really has to bring to each shoot in order to make their clients happy and make the work um, they want to make at the same time and make work that they're proud of. And also, you know, there's no, if you're doing, you know, five shoots a week, let's say, it's not like you can walk away from that week and say, oh, four of them went well. One of them, I didn't really make any great pictures. You know, yeah, you yeah. kind of, they have to deliver, you know, photographers really have to deliver for all their clients every time. And there's an incredible amount of pressure to do that, to be creative, to make work that people um, will like, that resonates, to kind of frankly do right by the person you're photographing, you know, um, there's very little time that you get, especially with celebrities, but very often with your subjects. And so I think, I think the biggest thing I learned there was just, you know, the photographer in any situation really does need to have the resources and the support and sort of the, um, the world around the pictures, I guess, to actually be able to deliver and to know kind of every time going into that situation that they have the confidence to like make it happen with so many people watching them with maybe very little time with, you know, maybe sometimes feeling sick or having like a cold or a headache or a migraine, like there's so much pressure. Yep. Um, and I think that I really did take away from what I watched Norman create like multiple times a week, every week for that year was that it's really very challenging to do that. And I really respect photographers uh, who can operate at that pace. And also just in general, like understanding on every shoot that I assign really what the photographer has to kind of bring. There's no, there's not really a lot of room for failure, you know? So um, making sure they have what they need and really respecting their craft and respecting their process um, so that everybody ends up happy, not just, you know, not just them, but yeah. their clients and, you know, everyone can come together, feel like they made work we were all proud of, you know? Yeah, that is pretty cool. You got to see it kind of from both sides, like working for a photographer directly and then working for clients. Because I think a lot of times, like as photographers starting out or even now, maybe like, unless you've like worked at a magazine or like an agency directly sometimes as a photographer it's hard to under hard to put yourself in the perspective perspective of like the producer or the photo editor and kind of understand what they need you know for mm -hmm. me that's, it's like the like marketing your work as a photographer is like so hard like editing your own work so it's kind of it must have been kind of cool to kind of see both sides of it I guess yeah and I also think that you know working with someone who is really well known who is a bit of a name. Mm -hmm. I also observed that uh, projects could really be like creative beyond my imagination, essentially, when you have those kinds of resources or when you have the, the access to really talented set designers or wardrobe stylists or mm -hmm. amazing makeup artists. Like it really, I think that that also opened up my world into like, whoa, if you can dream it, there actually really isn't a lot you can't bring to life in photography and it could be a, a completely constructed set mm -hmm. that you want or it could be super stripped down and minimal and it can be equally as powerful and you know there is a time and a place to to do both of those things and um and it really comes back to having a good idea and saying this is how I need to bring it to life and I don't always need like a huge budget or this amazing set or the amazing, amazing clothing, but sometimes like I do and I can, and that makes a different kind of picture. And I think, again, being exposed to, to that uh, through some of the kind of more glamorous and really big productions we did with like the name models and the name people mm -hmm. down to what Norman is also extremely good at was just, just a very stripped down, very iconic, very raw portrait. Um, there's a lot that I was exposed to in that world. Yeah, no, he does amazing work. Uh, big fan. 
and then you ended up going to work for Time Magazine, which is for me, I've had a, a subscription to that magazine forever. <laughs> it's like such an amazing place. Like, I think you were there for a couple of years. Like, uh, how'd that kind of come about? And like, how's that experience? Because you got to work on some cool projects. Like, I know you worked on the Time Magazine 100, I think they called it the 100 most influential pictures ever, I believe. Uh, yeah. But, but how was yeah. your kind of overall experience, I guess? I mean, I, you know, don't tell anybody now, but obviously <laughs> this is just between you and I, but still <laughs> one of my most favorite jobs I ever had, you know, and I miss working there sometimes simply for what it just felt like to be there and the people that I was around and the amazing photo department that I worked in. Um, I, I had known Kira Pollock, who was the director of the team, the head of photography at the time. I'd known her when she was at the New York Times. She's now creative director at Vanity Fair. But when she was at the New York Times, I had worked with her on a couple projects through one of the photographers that I worked with. And, um, and so we kind of knew each other and, you know, through work and through projects. And she uh, reached out and said she was looking for someone who could really kind of, I think, produce more sort of complicated assignments such as like Time 100, which, um, which I ended up producing while I was there for two years. And um, I just remember, again, like, this is sort of maybe like, not everybody would take this as a good sign, but I remember being there my first week and, you know, working with these amazing photo editors who had been doing this for such a long time. And Kira gave me my first assignment and she was sort of like, who do you think should shoot this? And it was like, obviously like that's, you know, that's what you do as a photo editor is you assign, but I had never had that voice really. So much of my background was production. And so I was sort of the glue that held all the pieces together, but I wasn't actually really driving creative process and, and who might be the person who's best for this story. And even though it was a little bit intimidating to be asked that question, because like, I just hadn't had that kind of voice before, I also knew right then, this is where I need to be because this is where I'm going to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why that was one of my favorite jobs because it was really the first time that I was able to kind of connect the dots between the photographer who was the right for the story as well as kind of my production way of thinking and all the logistics that I love putting together and I just learned a ton from everybody there like everybody that I worked with that time has is someone who I consider like a teacher in my career because they uh, really just, as you said, like you could be working on a project and it's a news magazine. So breaking news could happen and throw everything off that was going into the magazine that week, you know, or. Cause they're, um, they're, they're weekly magazine. Plus they do like special edition issues. So it's like, it's a ton. Mm -hmm. And plus they're like, yeah, they're very like, uh, like all their digital stuff is like, they're doing tons of cool stuff on there. So it's just like a ton of content. Yeah, yeah. And to put that out every single week, um, I really, once again, was just my mind was blown at how many people uh, really had to come together to make that happen. And really just, it wasn't just the photography department, like the writers that I worked alongside at times, or just being exposed to like page meetings and page reviews and seeing the feedback, um, you know, really is this picture best for the story or is this picture best and just the discussion around it. And again, like exposed me to yet another side of the industry, just behind the scenes of really like really thoughtful, really intelligent discussion around what picture communicates X and why this picture is different than this and why this is the right choice for this story. Mm -hmm. um, what makes a strong cover image versus what you might put inside the magazine. Um, and then also, yeah, working on, working on some really cool special projects that just, you know, are highlights of my career. So, you know. And like, 
for like photographers listening like i think they'd be curious to hear like like when an assignment comes on your desk and like you said you got to find the right photographer like what goes into that decision i guess it's different from assignment to assignment but like what are you looking for and like what are the key things that you're trying to assess to assign the right photographer i guess it's such an interesting question now um for me even compared to then um I think that at the time I was thinking about what, honestly, I was a lot of the time I was thinking, well, who would Kira assign to this story? (laughs) You don't want to piss off your boss. (laughs) Well, also, no, I just, I respected her so much. And she, you know, she was really someone who shaped me in that way. And I really, I really thought like, okay, what would she do? Mm -hmm. Um, Just to be frank. And then, um, you know, who is sort of someone in the kind of, um, the repertoire for time and w- who is shooting for time already. And they had a lot of photographers uh, who were kind of go-tos. Um, but I don't know. I think also really just, you know, what is the story about? Okay, what might be a way to visualize that story? Um, you know, one of the packages that I worked on was Best Invention. So like, what are the best inventions of the year? And so that would often go to someone who has kind of more of a still life background because it was very, very full of objects, you know, and bringing objects to life in creative ways. Um, Time 100 was really about portraiture. So, you know, who, who might be the right fit to capture um, a series of covers of these iconic people. And um, I always, you know, I always, would gather recommendations as well from my teammates there because I worked with editors who just had years more experience than me. And um, so really it just, it kind of came down to like, what's the, what's maybe the most compelling way to tell this story? And then who is interesting to shoot it and really trying to be aware of, you know, up and coming photographers or um, photographers who, maybe might not have that background, but that actually makes them stronger for that project because, you know, might, you know, result in pictures that are not predictable or, you know, they might interpret it a different way and you make some magic, you know. Um, Does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely, because I think that's like a, it's a hard thing as a photographer, especially like you said, like Time Magazine has like their go-to people. They use like Peter Hoppick shots for them forever, like Martin Schuler, Mm -hmm. tons of covers and whatnot, and a bunch of other people too. Like when you guys, um, I would imagine when you're there, you have a lot of photographers trying to contact you, show you their work. Like when you did give someone a, a chance for the first time, like what is it that like that made that happen like what is it that you want to see in their portfolio because like I said like you got their go-to people they use all the time but like getting that chance is like the hardest thing a lot for photographers I think yeah I think uh, then and even now in my role I I really appreciate when photographers just email me out of the blue like mm-hmm. you did right. <laughs> and um, you know and I generally always I always look at work and I really think that like you know, people who just kind of skip over those in their inbox are losing out because you just never know when you're going to find someone. And usually there's a reason why they've contacted me. Um, And so I look at everything and any new assignments really do come usually from, um, from either someone that I've, you know, seen their work and something that I've read or Um, who's reached out to me or I had a meeting with them and I didn't have anything for them right then but you know they really stood out to me I think it takes a lot of courage to like share your work with people and to reach out and to do so in a thoughtful way where it's not just um, like a form letter you know I really appreciate when people tell me I'm reaching out to you because of this or there's something in your work that lines up with mine or you know, for a reason that actually makes sense versus just cold calling. And then, um, you know, if I like their work and if that's something that I haven't seen or um, if it looks like they have a point of view, I kind of either pencil them away. I generally always respond um, if it's someone who I think kind of fits those categories. And um, for me, I think that the biggest kind of turnoff uh, is when I see, you know, work um, come through that just, you know, doesn't really have a point of view. It just kind of 
I get the sense someone's just kind of wants to be a photographer, you know, and yep. is maybe emulating someone else or just kind of, you know, there's not like a voice in their work. That's when I'm kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't know about this, but if there's they, a real passion they, and a voice and yeah. a point of view, that's really what stands out. Even if it's not right for time or not right for Airbnb, I will still like be interested in what that person is going to be doing in their career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because there's so many photographers photographers out there and as a producer, you never know like what the next campaign's gonna be. It might be something completely different. So it's like in the back of your mind, like, oh, that dude who shoots like whatever this type of way might in a couple of years might work. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. And the one project uh, I think you worked on, like I mentioned earlier, the Time Magazine 100 Most Influential uh, Pictures. Uh, how was that to work on? Because that seemed like an incredibly hard mm-hmm. project to edit because they're like, 100 photos might seem like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that many uh, in terms of like the landscape of the history of photography, pretty much. Yeah, that was one of Kira's um, brilliant ideas, one of her many brilliant ideas while I was at the magazine. And um, it really took the entire department to pull that together and um, nominating pictures and um, vetting the list through photography experts and historians. And um, so it would be, it would be inaccurate to say that I edited that. It would be extremely group, inaccurate. Group it effort, was a, a very group, yeah, very group, big group effort. And, um, and the way that I contributed was mainly uh, until I left the magazine, because I actually left before that project was completely finished, um, because it took a very long time, um, was mainly just um, organizing, making sure the list was always like up to date and current and research on every image was assigned to an editor. So, you know, um, digging up the backstory of the photo, is the photographer still alive? Are there outtakes from that shoot, like, or from that, that whatever the pictures of, Um, why is it influential? And, you know, really digging into the distinction between um, recognizable versus influential or famous you yep. know, versus influential or not important, but influential. Like there had to be a way that it was proven that that photography had influence. And, um, and so I, I was kind of, I guess, more or less like project manager for it, but then also for certain pictures, I was assigned, you know, the research and reporting to actually dig into what else was out there. And it just, to me, that stuff is just so fun. I could do that all day, like sit and find the archival footage and yeah, <laughs> read the stories and see if there's, you know, other images from the shoot, all that stuff. Just, I could nerd out on that completely all day. So yeah. it was fun to be no, able to work on a couple of those. It, it was great. I'll link it so people go check it out. Cause like Time Magazine put a whole cool like thing on their website. It's like got videos and photos and all types of like uh, captions it's really cool i'll link it uh, when i put this up people can go check it out Um, super inspirational and educational and i really feel like it should be like students should read it in schools it's such a great way to learn history or a certain history yeah 100 even for myself like i'd seen a lot of that stuff but it was good to go back and like i definitely learned some stuff just kind of stuff i didn't know before about certain pictures so i definitely Mm -hmm. learned a lot um and I know now you're working at Airbnb. You're the big director of photography, <laughs> run, running, running, run, running the ship. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, how'd that kind of come about? What kind of interested you about like going to work over there? Because it's obviously a really interesting company. It hasn't been around that long in the grand scheme of things. So it's still, I would say, a new company in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but like, what kind of interest you about going over there? You know, it... It really is. What really interested in me was moving back to California. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, that. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't know. That's like going to be a super boring answer, I guess, <laughs> for many. But I, you know, I honestly, I, a friend of a friend connected me to someone who was um, was working at Airbnb who was looking to hire a producer Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, it was really, um, I know that that's so boring, but that was really a big driver behind it because there's really no other reason I would have left 
Time Magazine than to be near my brother and the kids that he was starting to have at that time, you know? So hey, where, where really, you live is an important decision. You got to be happy where you're living. You know, that's like number one right there. Totally. And I just, my parents still were in California and I was, you know, starting to feel this draw to maybe come back home. And so it was really more of a timing uh, a timing thing that this opportunity came up. And to be honest, I really was not familiar with Airbnb at all. I just, I had a lot of friends who I went to school with at Wellesley, very intelligent women who were working in tech and who a couple worked at Google at the time and just were kind of like, I don't know, you should consider it. Airbnb is like this really like interesting company. People really like it. It's very design driven. And I think you should have that conversation and so I did. And then, you know, one conversation led to another and, um, and yeah, I just, I, they flew me out and I interviewed and, uh, that was almost six years ago. Now they, um, they offered me the job and I relocated and, and were you interviewing um, for the director of photography position from the get-go or no, you were the producer first. Yeah, no, first I was a producer and then, you know, um, the team was very small at the time, extremely small and uh, working with a couple photo editors and photo art director and the photographer. And at the time when I joined Airbnb, the creative photography team was still linked up to the team that actually was responsible for all of the photo shoots of all of the Airbnbs around the world. You know, wow. really all we offered at the time was, um, was homes. Now we have experiences and different types of homes, but um, photography was really like a big part of what made Airbnb successful early on was that the founders really felt like every home should have the option for professional photography. So we were still part of that team. Um, and I joined as a producer and then, you know, it was really kind of over the years of the team kind of shape shifting, like as many startups do, we went through a reorg and at one point it was just me and, um, a photographer, his name is David Elliott, uh, on the team. And it was kind of down to us to, you know, sort of rebuild the, the department. And, uh, you know, um, it wasn't it wasn't until kind of a little bit after that that the very formal sounding head of photography title came about. But um, but yeah, it really was just kind of starting from the two of us and, and one foot in front of the other, rebuilding the team uh, kind of into what it is now. It's like most of the stuff, like the photos you guys are creating, like what, what are they being used for? Like, obviously this uh, average day person going on Airbnb is just kind of, they're, they're going to Italy and they want to look at X, Y, and Z, but like, what are kind of some of the projects you guys are creating stuff for? Is it like advertising or like, what is this, the work you guys are making pretty much? Yeah. I mean, it ranges. It's, it's for advertising or marketing, a lot of images um, to communicate with hosts and guests. Um, the images that are used all throughout our product, airbnb.com. Um, and, um, you know, definitely uh, it ranges from internal to external to what you see in billboards or what you get in emails from Airbnb. Really just kind of, we're the internal, um, we're part of the internal creative team that is really kind of responsible for, for most of the things that you see Airbnb, Airbnb put out in the world. Yeah, it seems like pretty cool because it's like you guys are literally like everywhere except I think like I read like a like a handful of countries like don't have mm -hmm. it like but it's pretty much everywhere. So the projects, the photos you're working on, like I read a short interview with you and you're hiring photographers in like Thailand, in China, mm -hmm. in Brazil. So it must be kind of exciting just to kind of have your foot all literally everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. It can be really challenging at times too, you know, just because um, when you're everywhere, it's like you could shoot anywhere and you could work with anyone, kind of, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and so yeah, we are, we, we assign photography all over the world and it is very often that we um, will rely on photographers who are in the markets where we're shooting. Uh, it's really important to me that you know, we don't limit ourselves to just kind of photographers who are known or big names. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, very often we're photographing um, people in our community, real Airbnb hosts, you know, all the hosts you see in our marketing are real hosts for, on Airbnb. And so um, I just have found as well that 
um, working with photographers who are kind of from their own community uh, and very, it's very important they speak the same language. You just get, you get better, more intimate work when there's a little bit of a familiarity there or a common ground. Yep. And I think working with photographers locally um, not only kind of spreads our work across photographers globally, you know, versus hiring a handful of people over and over again. Um, but also I think it, it makes for more intimate um, feeling work with people who aren't really used to being photographed, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like if, anytime you travel, like if you get the opportunity to like meet like a local person from that country or city, like you're going to have a completely different experience if you just went to the stayed at the Holiday Inn and went to the local whatever. But if you actually mm-hmm. get to meet the people, interact with them, that's why I think, at least for me, like looking at a lot of the, the work that you guys produce, it's like you said, it's like you're photographed the people in their homes and the p- person photographing them, like they know the neighborhood, they know the local restaurant and they have like that knowledge of like the area. So it, this kind of comes through. Cause I, at least for me, that's the type of work I like, like this kind of raw, real, real stories, you know? Yeah, I really want, I, re- I really do want people to look at our work and feel like um, there's like a local understanding, you know, it's not, um, I don't want there to ever be bias or stereotype or things that feel forced or inauthentic. And so I think working with photographers who know the region, you're, you know, you're better set up to avoid that stuff. Now that's not to say we don't also, um, you know, sometimes travel photographers places when we need to and you know I've been really fortunate to travel with um with David Elliott that photographer who was on my team for so long we've traveled all over the world together and I think that's really kind of um what makes me love actually Airbnb so much is that I've I've been in homes of hosts all over the world and they've every one of them has been so kind and so welcoming and so open. And it really reminds me every day, like what I'm going to work for, you know, people who've really benefited from Airbnb in their lives and the income that they get from it, but also the friendships that they've made, you know, like meeting different people from all over the world, staying in their home. I feel really lucky to have this kind of special, um, special exposure to our community through my job that really makes me believe in what I'm showing up for every day you know yeah it is cool like actually I've used Airbnb a handful of times like some different countries and in the states as well and one of my favorite things to do is like reading the comments of like the host and then the people that have stayed there and you can mm-hmm. tell like which hosts are good because they literally respond to everybody and sometimes yeah. you get, you'll get like little antidotes like hey I really loved like having coffee with you and talking about x y and z this day or yada 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 and like mm-hmm. you say it's kind of cool because they these people make these relationships and it's, it, it is kind of an interesting uh like platform I guess yeah and you know I really think that I take my job extremely seriously because I really do believe that there's so much trust that goes into photographing real people and them allowing us into their space and um giving us access to their story it's not like dissimilar than staying with a stranger and that's why you know I really love it it really comes through as you said in the reviews and you see kind of who's really special and who really believes in what they're they're doing and is excited to be a host and have this experience um you know I really I find that um I think that that's what's always drawn me um to some of the jobs that I've loved most especially with time and even with Airbnb the the trust that it really takes and you you I'm sure can relate to this to photograph someone or to be photographed by someone and give that person that kind of access and that power to tell your story requires so much trust and it's something that I you know I never want to take that for granted in my role you know yeah definitely and I guess to wrap up, like like we've been talking, you you worked at a lot of interesting places from Time Magazine to working Norm Jean Roy. Now you're at Airbnb. <laughs> um, what kind of keeps you excited about photography and like anything you're kind of hoping to work on moving forward? I guess. What keeps me excited about photography? Probably photographers, and you know the opportunity to be 
and honestly somewhat of a change maker in the field you know it's really important to me to work with women photographers is really important for me to work with people from all different walks of life all different backgrounds mm -hmm. and I it's something that I've I've always believed in at Airbnb especially because of the type of work we do and the, the global community we're responsible for representing I really feel like we need to represent that same community in the photographers that we're working with and um as I said at the beginning, you know, I never ever dreamed that this was even a job that I could have, that anybody could have, but definitely <laughs> not that I could have. And um, and I feel like there's a certain amount of power that comes with these roles. And it's one that I take extremely seriously. And I always felt, you know, as I was getting coffee for people, <laughs> if I was ever in a position um, to kind of be the boss, there's certain things I would and wouldn't do. And I think you know, being in this role, what excites me is potentially having some power in being able to give a voice to photographers who, you know, we might not ever have found or, you know, to discover people in parts of the world that we don't think of for photography, you know, as you've pointed out, New York and LA, and mm -hmm. there's these, there's these hubs where there are many photographers, but there's also places all around the world where um, people are making really incredible work. And that's what's exciting to me uh, in this role or not in this role is that, you know, um, there's opportunity to tell so many different kinds of stories if you just make an effort to do so. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Br well Bridget, I can't thank you enough. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you for all your scheduling flexibility. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for anybody listening, I know you got a website and people can go check out some of your work you've worked on. I think it says BridgetHarris.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's lots of cool stuff up on there. You've worked on some cool stuff. So I'll link it and people go check it out. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you for the time. And thank you for doing this podcast. It's so great to hear stories of people that I admire so much. No doubt. Well, I'll just cut it right there. So there you have it. That was the Bridget Harris interview. I uh, just want to thank Bridget so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was really great hearing about her experience, uh, everything she's done over the course of her career, working at Time and Airbnb and working for different photographers. Um, she's just uh, done a lot of really interesting stuff and it was great kind of hearing her perspective as a producer and how she kind of approaches her work. Uh, so can't thank her enough. Um, definitely go check out Bridget's website at BridgetHarris.com. Um, she has lots of cool projects she's worked on over the course of her career. So you can go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go check that out and give it a follow. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.